Welcome back to the Daily Bible Project podcast. Wow, what a journey we're on, working together through the entire Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And we're in part 86, and we've reached the point in Genesis where we're midway through looking at the Tower of Babel story. And we've looked at the main narrative, and we're now we're going to pick it up and just take a moment to consider this fascinating story and what it can teach us. So we'll probably take a couple of episodes to try and draw out some of the conclusions about that. Because to our modern ears, this seems a rather difficult story to understand. And some would say that (laughs) that happens, we're confronted with things like this and situations like this quite frequently in the Old Testament particularly. But you know, if you're approaching these texts, these scriptures, and you're reading them in the spirit of the text, then perhaps we might want to remember that it is God that is being talked about here. Even though you may think that he's appearing in, shall we say, a bad light, your duty as a reader is to assume that you might be wrong and that what God is doing here is actually right. And I suppose our responsibility, not just because we want to approach these ancient texts with respect if we're not a believer, but if we are a Christian believer, then it's our responsibility to maybe even come with a presupposition that what God is doing is right. And the presupposition is because if God is doing it, then whatever he is doing is right. And we need to try and work out what that means. Now, you might find out, as I frequently do, at the first glance, you think, "Woof, I disagree with what God did there. But the point still remains that this is God speaking. So by definition, there must be good reason for what he's doing. Sometimes we have to dig deep to find it. Now, for us, fortunately, when it comes to interpreting this story, there is a later text in Deuteronomy chapter 32, which will offer us some help. I'll just read that for you now. It's Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 7 to 9, which says this. Remember the days of old and consider the generations long past. Ask and your father will tell you. Your elders and they will explain to you when the Most High gave the nations their inheritance. When he divided all mankind, he set up boundaries for all the people according to the numbers of the sons of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people and Jacob his allotted inheritance. So Deuteronomy is telling us here that when he divided mankind, he sets boundaries between and on people. I want you to notice it was the spreading out of the people described here that leads to the creation of separate nations. Look with me and you'll see also now what the New Testament can tell us about what the purpose of all that was. A helpful text for us in understanding this is Acts chapter 17, verses 26 and 27, which says, From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, And he marked out their appointed times and histories and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. So we're told in the plain text of Genesis that God scatters the people here in Genesis 11. Deuteronomy says he sets the boundaries and the Apostle Paul agrees with that and confirms the purpose 
for which it was said in Acts, which was that God did it in order that we would seek him out, reach out to find him. So this tells us God made from one common line every single nation of men, women and children who live upon this earth. And God determined the boundaries of the nations and then he scatters them. But here we saw in this text that people were doing the opposite of that. They were gathering together in one place and they were trying to build a tower that they said would reach all the way to heaven. Thinking that in many ways that they could erase the distinction between heaven and earth. So among other things, there is clearly a warning about something. These people clearly had some sort of a early version of a utopian kind of vision for their future. They think they can build a structure that is so large and encompassing that it can give them access to and maybe even replace heaven itself. Now that's interesting in and of itself, but even more interesting is the fact that God clearly has seemed to object to that. It's extraordinarily interesting and it's an indication to me of the unbelievable profundity of these early biblical stories and the warnings that they give us individually and collectively as nations and societies. I believe one thing we should have learned from the 20th century is that there is something extraordinarily dangerous about totalitarianism and utopian visions. It's something great writers like Dostoevsky wrote about in his great book, Note from the Underground, a book which I read 30 years ago whilst on holiday in Kenya and profoundly affected me. Dostoevsky had figured out as long ago as the early 1900s that there was something incredibly dangerous when a nation develops a utopian vision for the future. Well, we know what happened in the 20th century as a consequence of widespread proliferation of utopian ideologies. We had people raised up on the right in Germany, like Hitler, and on the left in Russia, like Stalin. Now, horrors happened on a scale that has never been seen before. Now, there was plenty of horror in the world before the 20th century, don't misunderstand me, but I suppose the Industrial Revolution meant that there wasn't as much of the industrial clout for those nations to bring those visions to fruition. So this early biblical narrative, we have a very clear warning against arrogance. You see, we need social systems, but we need our social systems to be large enough to protect us and give us a sense of unity and purpose, but small enough so that we have our place within them. So what's so dangerous about the people on the plane in Sinatia and what they were doing in Genesis? Well, I hope I've drawn some attention to the consequences of that, but hopefully we can unpack it a little bit more in the next episode. I look forward to joining again with you soon. And it's bye for now from the Daily Bible Project Podcast. I'll see you next time.